Good evening, and welcome to the Television Graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noel Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just stay doomed. This will be a podcast in which we analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, including those that ran only one episode. This month is special. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. There's a million wild and wonderful ways to say no. Oh, no. Uh, so today we are doing the 1990 classic all- cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. To the Rescue. This was a famous anti-drug PSA. Yes. And I think every kid has had to watch it when their teacher had a hangover. Uh, every kid of a certain age. Yes. Uh, because it never got an actual DVD release. Never got a, It got a VHS release. Yes, a very limited one. Okay. So, it was released on DVD in 1990 and then never again. Alright, because I know I taped it off the TV. My parents taped it off the TV. And it aired, like... During Saturday morning cartoons. Yes. And I took it to school and I was like, this is an important video about drugs. We need to watch it. And it had like the commercials in it and stuff. And we put it in. I was like, oh, you have to fast forward the first half hour. It's Pee Wee's Playhouse. (laughs) We rented it from the West Coast video. Oh, really? I was a bougie child who rented it. West Coast video. Yes. Uh, the West Coast video didn't break street date, but if you got lucky, the Stardust video would. Across the street. Oh, okay. Did you have that video store growing up? The one that would, like, put things out early and just pretend not to notice? Oh, I had a video store that would rent out videos that said, Screener, not for rental. I remember going to someone's room in college and watching something that said a word screener, do not pirate. Oh, yeah. Yep, so that's how I saw Children of Men. <laughs> so, obviously the trivia is way more interesting than... Even the 90s reminiscing is going to be more interesting than the actual special here. Alright, that's, so, that's how you feel. Uh, this is the second appearance of Barbara Bush. Yeah, how about that? Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue is the powerful story of a teenager dealing with drug and alcohol abuse. Some of your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol and ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. And make the right decision. Stay away from drugs and alcohol. Depending on what country you were in, it was a different world leader. This aired in several countries. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. So, Because I know this is like peak war on drugs. Yes. So we open with the Bushes. And Millie the dog. And Millie the dog. hates being there. Yeah. And like, honestly, mood. Yes, very true. Then... We watched a rip of the video. Right. That's what's available on YouTube. This is not officially available anywhere, but if you look for it on YouTube, there's a ton of circulated tapes. Right. So they all have the same Ronald McDonald ad. The Ronald McDonald ad gave me like some sort of terrifying flashback i don't know what it was but it's a bunch of kids with different ailments and disabilities singing love lifted me love lifted me love lifted me and it came on and you watched me get like physically uncomfortable and i don't know why I think you watched enough horror movies that hearing a child sing is now scary to you? Maybe? Because honestly, whenever I hear a lone child singing, I'm like, oh no, something real bad is about to happen. I don't know, but it started and I got really upset. It it was like me with a credits disclaimer. Like that weird third, no, but like that weird third space unplaceable dread feeling. Yes, I just... 
I don't know if that is the best way to get the idea across to our audience because we've I don't established know they... it several times. I know. I fear I know. credits. I'm, I'm trying to just give like an example to the the crowd of like or of our audience of like what would cause that feeling when you're home alone and you hear something and it's like probably nothing but now you're disquieted yeah like you don't hear the noise again yeah like when you're in or when you're in your home and something falls over for no reason yeah and it's just like well why and suddenly just like the aura of the room has changed yes that's what this ronald mcdonald ad does to me yeah and I, I saw it. Like, Noah genuinely freaked out. I freaked out on the credits to this one. The end credits. Really? Yeah, they really weird me out. Huh. Um, okay. Well, McDonald's financed this special. Okay. And they handed out a quarter of a billion pamphlets okay. advertising the broadcast of the special. All right. Okay. This was simulcast on every channel. Like, not every channel, but... Uh, ABC, NBC, Fox, and CBS all broadcast it, and so did several other networks that even remotely catered to children. Gotcha, gotcha. This was a big deal. Probably was aired on the USA Cartoon Express. Probably, yes. Okay. Um, this show was rushed to completion in six weeks, and we're going to get into okay. how you can tell it was rushed to completion. Okay, interesting. So... Uh, we open on a cute little house in a cute little suburb. Yeah, it could be your home. Yep, could be. I mean, you know, as long as you live in early 90s white people suburbia. Right. And it's like a little girl's bedroom and she's, you know, like every good child of the late 80s and early 90s surrounded by licensed products. Yeah, just completely. Muppet Baby's alarm clock. She's asleep clutching a Pooh Bear stuffed animal. A Smurfs comic lays on her floor. Yes. Like, it looks like our apartment. She has a framed picture of Alf. That seems weird, right? I mean, I have a framed picture of Uncle Deadly. Yeah, but here's the thing. That's like a piece of art that is hung on our wall. This is a picture of Alf that is on her nightstand. Like, it's not on the wall as like, look at this art. It's like... This is the person I care about. Did you ever have like a framed picture on your nightstand? I, I will tell. I will tell this story. Uh, the first time I was in the bedroom of my ex-girlfriend on her nightstand, in a heart-shaped frame, was a picture of David Boreanaz from Angel. <laughs> I used to have <laughs> on my nightstand in a picture frame I scavenged from my mom's bedroom. I took out whatever picture of like me had been in there and it was a picture of Tobias from the Animorphs. Oh boy, okay. Who was like my second major crush. Gotcha. All right. I just thought, but not Alf, right? It was not Alf. Yeah, that's a lot. Not an alien with a penis nose? I mean, I guess we just know that this little girl grows up to be a furry. I guess, yeah. So, uh, we see her little piggy bank, who is not a licensed character, because then the next part would be super traumatic. Yes. And somebody steals her piggy bank. What? And then Papa Smurf in the comic book notices and sounds the alarm, my Smurfs! Yes, so they all escape the, or they all come to life. The the Smurfs come out of the comic books. The Garfield phone. Garfield lamp. Lamp? lamp? Yes. Garfield lamp, a lamp comes shade. to life. Right. And he makes like three jokes about lasagna and that's Garfield's entire contribution to this plot. Is to just say lasagna, yeah. And Alf makes a comment about eating cats. Yes. And uh, Kermit is an alarm clock. Yes. And, uh, Simon and Theodore want to help. Yeah, they come out of a wrecker. Yep. Alvin is a douche, and so is Brainy Smurf. Yes. They really emphasize which characters were always kind of douches. Well, I mean, like, that they're true to their characters. Yeah. Everyone, so. I mean, everyone is in character. It's just... There's a couple really funny parts later. Yes. With people being very in character. 
But Brainy loses his glasses. Yeah. Because that's what happens to to characters with glasses. Mm -hmm. And uh, he almost gets spotted as the little girl wakes up. Yes, he's the worst of all the animated weird things that have come to life. And Slimer shows up, and I'm not sure why. I think that was actually Slimer. He just... He's like, I'm a ghost! And he, like, eats her other lamb. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? (laughs) One more time for the kids at home. That's what Slimer sounds like. What does he sound like? (laughs) It's also Stitch. It's also Stitch. I I do a a decent Stitch. Do it. Stitch. Nope, lost it. I used to be able to do this. Stitch is my family. (laughs) Slimer's there for some reason. Yes. So Alf and Garfield hear the bank and sneak down the hallway... And, like, the chipmunks follow, and we see a young man, her the little girl's older brother, shaking out the piggy bank. Doesn't he break it? I thought he hits it with a hammer. Yes, okay. He he hits it and then shakes out, like, the yeah. rest of it. And Corey's like, you stole my piggy bank! And he's like, go away! Nuh-uh! Get out! Uh, he's supposed to be 14, Oh, is he? Yeah, he's, like, only 14, and I was like, I don't know, I feel like Mm. they do that weird thing where, like, 14 is just generic teenager age. Yeah. And uh, there's a box on his bed full of drug paraphernalia and what looks like an ocarina. Yeah, we paused it and we're like, alright, let's see if we can figure out what's in this. There's clearly two things of matches. Yes. There's some things that could be, like, cigarettes or cigarette butts. Yeah. Uh, Then there's, like... A bindle of something. Yes. Which I guess could be like weed in a bag or something, but like we could never really place that. And then just something else. And it does look like an ocarina. Yes. And Simon, the chipmunk, immediately goes, this is marijuana. Oh, what's that funny smell? I hate to suggest this, but my guess would be marijuana. An unlawful substance used to experience artificial highs. Like, Simon knows instantly. Simon has seen some... Now we know why Theodore is always hungry. You're immediately assuming they're doing drugs? It would make sense in context. They're a band. Like, of course you've run into people who do drugs. That doesn't mean they're doing drugs. Uh... But because of this line, uh, I read an interview with Jim Cummings, who is famously the voice of Pooh Bear. Oh. And he insisted a line be cut that implied Pooh Bear knew what drugs were. Oh, really? He said, like, uh, quote, he's an innocent. It makes no sense for him to even know those words. Because, like, there's not reefer in the Hundred Acre Woods. That's true. So Jim Cummings did actually put the band hammer on Pooh knowing <laughs> these things. I think that's just an interesting... Oh, bother. Crack cocaine. (laughs) Oh, bother. X-smack horse. (laughs) X-smack horse? Anyone who has seen the musical Rent knows that I just used the only slang terms I know for drugs, which are from the song Christmas Bells from Rent, uh, because I don't know a lot of drug slang outside of reefer. Gotcha. Um, so, like, Michael smokes pot, and then there we meet Mr. Drugs. Yes, Mr. Drugs, who is a, a ghost in a suit. Yeah, he uh, he's very reminiscent of Hades from Hercules. I was going to say the same thing. But is voiced by George C. Scott, not James Woods. Yes. Now, did you notice that throughout the course of this show... His face turns into a skull for no reason. Uh, there's one shot that genuinely just looks unfinished. Where, like, it kind of looked like a sketch or a storyboard made it in. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay. Like, they just very subtly, like, throughout it, for like a frame or two, change his face to a skull. It happens several times. Animators loved that gimmick in the 90s. That was, like, a thing they loved to do. Because they do it with Gaston. Yeah, in in his eyes, yes. So it's just this weird, like, I guess it was a thing they decided they could do now. Yeah. So, 
So it was a nice little bit of like subliminal messaging. And so he goes to meet his friends at the arcade and his friend who looks like Wheeler from Captain Planet. I super thought that was Wheeler from Captain Planet. Which is why I was like, oh, Wheeler just opened, offered him crap. And, like, that's a problem. Because the whole point of this cartoon is all these cartoons are coming together for this. So, the idea of, oh, someone from Captain Planet is in this too, is not an insane thought when you're a kid. I I don't know, like... Whether we thought would have thought it was Wheeler when we were kids, or if it's just we think it's Wheeler now because we're watching it as I'm adults. I'm pretty sure I thought it was Wheeler when I was a kid. Did he call anyone a Ruski? He didn't call anyone a Ruski. So, real talk, we watched Captain Planet just for fun mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago, and we're taken aback at Wheeler calling Linka. A Ruski? Yeah, yeah, we were like, oh, this was immediately post-Cold War, I guess. Yes. He does light a cigarette, so fire. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, But this was a very common thing in the war on drugs of, like, no one just did pot. It was that idea of pot as the gateway drug. Yes. Like, he's 14 and they go right to crack. Yeah, they start doing crack. Or or having crack. I don't think anyone ever does crack. Yeah, I don't think they know how to show people doing crack. No. Um, Because they'd have to show, like, the process in which crack becomes... Like, smokable, and I feel like that's not something you want to show kids, just in case. Yes. So, that's a plot hole in and of itself, because I was like, mm, this is a wealthy white suburb, they would have gone for cocaine. <laughs> I guess, yeah. But it's also the gateway drug myth. Like, most people who do marijuana do not move on to harder drugs, ever. Right. I, I mean, I guess that makes sense. But that was, like, the common mythos, and that's why marijuana was treated as just as bad, if not worse, than all the rest of them. I'm going to have more words to say about this towards the end. Okay. But uh, 5-0 shows up. Yep. Uh, Which is funny, because, like, it's suburbia, so the cops have nothing better to do than, like, go bother some teenagers. Right. And Mr. Drug abandons Michael. His friends scatter, and the cop... Is advancing on Michael. Yes, he's all alone. And he says something like, I'll never do drugs again, honest. Yeah, like, very 14-year-old getting caught by the police. And then it turns out that it's it's Bugs Bunny. Yep, in a police hat. Which begs the question, wouldn't it have just been better if he got arrested? Because he already said, I'd never do drugs again, honest. Yeah, but we have to do the rest of this cartoon. I'm just just pointing it out. So, Corey, we go back to Corey and her parents, and she, like, doesn't talk about how worried she is about Michael. And Pooh Bear is like, Excuse me, but why didn't you tell her? And she's like, Shit, Pooh's talking! Lump- what the- God damn it! Lump-a-rump. Lump-a-rump. And then Pooh's like, I think you should tell your mother you're frightened. But don't tell her I'm talking to you. Yes. That's between us, Corey. <laughs> so, yeah. Corey has a Calvin and Hobbes relationship with Winnie the Pooh. So then, like, Bugs takes Michael and Mr. Drugs comes along. Uh, they go back in time to when Michael was idyllically playing Frisbee and the past is in black and white and Bugs makes a Bugs Bunny joke about it. Yes. I, this is something I think we need to point out. Yes. Bugs Bunny... Is very funny. Yeah. Like, throughout this whole section, Bugs is hitting jokes. Yes. And before this, there were not jokes. There was, I'm hungry, I'm Garfield, that's my character trait. Yeah, there were, uh, I'm trying to figure out, there were gimmicks and catchphrases before this. Yeah. Bugs Bunny's actually landing material. Actually, there's one joke we missed that we have to talk about. Okay. When they're all under the bed with mm-hmm. Simon, yes. and Simon's like, that's marijuana and, and all that other stuff, Alf says something along the lines of, uh, and I'm going to get the names wrong, so I apologize, uh, Freddy never did this to the beeve. Wally never did this sort of thing to the beeve. In 1990, Leave it to Beaver was so dated. Like, to make that reference in 1990, 
That being said, it was still being shown. It's still being shown. Because I know yes. they made Wally and the Beef jokes on uh, Full House, too. Right. That's that's a family sitcom. This is aimed at kids. Yeah. How much Leave It to Beaver did you watch? I knew who Wally and the Beef were. Right. But I watched a lot of Nick at Night as a kid. Right. So you're not the demo. No. You're someone that actually would seek out older, odd television. That's kind of what you did as a child. And you didn't really watch Leave It to Beaver. No. In making this special that is meant to be like, this is one of our big moves to stop kids from getting on drugs. To put such a dated reference in this makes it like, like, immediately not only is this cartoon going to be dated, but like, a reference that kids aren't going to get. Yeah. It just boggles my mind that they were like, oh, let's make a reference to Leave it to Beaver. Not even a joke. Like, it's not like, bam, that's a great punchline. It's more of like, ah, he brought up a a sitcom I know. Reference humor. I mean, that's not humor, but, like, it's what they had in this for ALF, I guess. Like, did, was, now, I didn't watch a lot of ALF. Was ALF known for pop culture reference? I mean, I believe he's an alien from another planet, so he wouldn't know much about us. But, like, when he shows up, he likes TV. Maybe that's why. So, maybe that's why, but, like, still. Like, it's such a, it's a, a, a line that serves no purpose other than to overall hurt this product. I mean, they were really pushing, watch this with your kids. Okay. So, they might have thought this was, like, a parental, like, Disney cartoons in the 90s were fantastic with this, about having humor that was aimed at the adults, too. Because if we wanted to take apart the movie Aladdin, the genie makes so many references that we did not understand when we were five or six years old. Right. So, I'm kind of willing to forgive that they're just trying to throw in something for the parents, mm. and they don't do well because the script to this cartoon's not great. I just, I, I thought that was a very poor choice on behalf of something that's supposed to have a long lifespan saving America. Or the world. Excuse me. The world. I'm inclined to disagree. I think I, I think I understand why they put it in there. I, if you're going to make a joke, make it something relevant. I mean, to be fair, if they had made it something crazy relevant in 1990, would we know what it was now? But we still know who Wally and the Beef are. We know who Wally and the Beef are. I mean... I don't know if your average six-year-old now would. But There's like, no way the average six-year-old now would. But, like, I couldn't remember Wally's name just now. Well, Wally. Like, I tried to call him Fred. That's true. I just, I think it was a portrait. Okay. So, Bugs Bunny lands a good joke about how there's no color in the past. And, uh, Michael goes up to some teenagers who are smoking a cigarette... And is obnoxious. Like, he goes up to these kids who are smoking and was like, what, do you want lung cancer or something? Yeah. And I was like, you know, if one of these kids smacked you, no one would blame them. Yeah. They're like, remember when he used to be cool and he used to yell at children? Yeah, I was like, when I was 12, I would not have gone up to a group of older teenagers and yelled at them. Because that's how you got beat up. That is very true. So... They see weed and they try to, like, peer pressure Michael into smoking weed. Because I know if a 12-year-old came up to me when I was a teenager and was obnoxious, the first thing we did was offer to let him hang out with us. Yeah, this is the old joke of, like, I was led to believe people would be offering me free drugs my entire life. Yeah, like that. have to tell them no. That and quicksand. I really thought those were going to be, like, the big trials and tribulations. yeah. And anvils that weighed exactly 16 tons. And walking off stuff but not looking down. (laughs) Yes, yeah. It's a great way to fly. So, Bugs Bunny gives like a PSA about how drugs do feel good, but they only feel good for a little bit. And then like, we go back to Corey and Corey tries to talk to her dad and her dad like brushes her off. Yeah. And blames it on, you know, Michael's becoming an adult and Mm. he doesn't want to hang out with his baby sister anymore. Yeah. 
So he kind of like hand waves the situation. Which I think, as a TV special, is a very important part of this story. Mm-hmm. Because she knows something's wrong. Yes. She goes to the person who should know how to handle it, and they're like, eh, don't worry about it. Telling the story of, like, you know, sometimes your parents are going to be wrong. Yeah. And, like, just because they're not believing you right away doesn't mean you should stop. Yeah. Which is, like, a super good lesson. Yeah, and, like, that your parents might not necessarily go with you on the journey, even if you're right. Yeah. Produce hard evidence, kids. Yes, that's the, that's the message here as a takeaway. So, then, like, the next thing we see is Mr. Drugs pickpockets Michael for crack. Like, he yeah. steals the wallet and throws it to his friends, because... My friends always steal my wallet when they want crack. <laughs> Got your wallet. Yeah. I did have a flashback to when uh, I went to the movies with some friends and I gave them my wallet and said, hey, buy me a soda and a popcorn. And I came back and they had, and they used all my money. <laughs> your friends are terrible. My friends were terrible. I was just like, oh. They're like, yeah, we just thought it'd be cool. I was like, to use all my money? <laughs> Your friends sound like they're yes, assholes. I was in seventh grade and I saw Deuce Bigelow mail jail. Your taste was terrible. That movie's funny. I saw Little Nicky in theaters and my friends were civilized. Well, good for you. I think that might also be like female friendship and versus male friendship. True. If a woman, if a middle school girl wants to ruin her friend's life, there's so many better ways to do it than stealing their wallet. Yeah. Um. So... Michelangelo opens a sewer and knocks Michael and Mr. Drugs into a manhole. Yes. So, Michael never gets his wallet. (laughs) No. And then... So... Then we find the, uh... The Muppet Babies. Well, before we jump away from Michelangelo... As a kid in 1990... To see Michelangelo... Standing there and saying, Hey, don't do drugs... My immediate thought is, hey, where are the other turtles? I mean, this was already really crowded. I know, but as a kid in 1990, the main reason I was like, I'm going to sit and watch this, is I knew the Ninja Turtles were in it. Okay. And the fact that 1990 Noah never got to see Donatello... It's a big crime. I read a really good, like, fan theory on TV tropes about this. Okay. <laughs> that Michelangelo got busted for pot and is doing community service. Yeah, I would believe out of all of them, he would be the one who got caught doing pot. And I choose to believe this. Leonardo is the leader, so he wouldn't get caught. The Donatello is too smart, and he's just busy, like, focusing on stuff. And Raphael hid his and Michelangelo's yeah. stuff. Rand- Raphael wouldn't have gotten caught doing drugs. <laughs> exactly. He's cool, but rude. Yeah. Um, For Michelangelo, he's a party dude. Oof. So then we have Muppet Babies. Doesn't even have a nose. <laughs> That's why he was smoking pot, not doing cocaine. Kermit and Piggy take Michael on a trip through the brain, and this is the first female cartoon character, and her first line is about going into the tunnel of love. And after we go on this ride, Kermit's taking me to the tunnel of love! Aren't you, Kermit? Um. Did we not see Smurfette? Smurfette does not appear. She's on the poster. Really? But she's not in the cartoon. Huh! Yeah, it's very annoying. And this is the kind of thing that, like, I notice because... Well, let me ask this just out of curiosity. I understand that, like, the first thing she says is, like, tunnel of love because her, like... Let's establish her character as well. Oh, yeah, she loves Kermit. Mm, Kermit! Were there other, like, female cartoon characters that were popular then? Like, is there one that you can think of that was left out? See, it's hard because you don't know what the franchise issues were, or the licensing issues. I know, I'm just saying in general. Because, I mean, a lot of this stuff is mind-boggling. The fact that we have the Muppets, Winnie the Pooh, the Ninja Turtles, and the Looney Tunes together is like... There's a lot of franchises involved there. I mean, I'm trying to think. Early 90s, this would have been like when we were kids. 
they probably couldn't get any more Disney characters than they already had. Right. Because I would say, like, the Rescue Rangers, because you'd have Gadget, Hack Wrench. Yeah. Um, I am blatantly looking around I my home. I see you looking around the room. Um, but, like, it's, it's 1990, so, like, 80s cartoons might be a better thought. Yeah, like, your Rainbow Bright, your My Little Pony. Oh, the My Little Ponies, I believe, were considered to appear. Okay. But it was too difficult to, like, figure out how to shoehorn them in. Yeah, they're tiny statues that live on a desk. I think more plot-wise, like, they're weird, and they're probably harder to animate. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So, yeah, I would say My Little Pony, Rainbow Bright, She-Ra. Gem. Gem and the Holograms. Um... I keep wanting to say Princess Guinevere and the Jewel Riders, but I think she was a little later. I think she was, like, 94. Yeah, the fact that they don't have Smurf Map, but they have the Smurfs is pretty strange. And she's on the box. Like, yeah. I just pulled up the poster. Um, oh, you could rent this movie for free. That's why I was able to rent it. Um, okay. I keep saying I'm bougie, but I'm like, I was like, we didn't have one. I'm so bougie we got charity movies. <laughs> I mean, it was probably the, like, yeah, you can rent this movie again, whatever. Because yeah. you know how you would rent movies into the ground when you were oh, a kid? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was banned from renting Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory hmm. by my parents because it was bothering them. So, I like, they have this whole thing and, like, they're going through, like, a roller coaster, like a Disney dark ride of the human brain. And... So it kind of just seems like Michael is super high and hallucinating Muppets. Yeah, there definitely is a through-line implication of, like, you got really high and now you're seeing cartoon characters. And we can't really prove that that didn't happen. You can't disprove it. It's it's surprising how good of advice they're giving. So then, like, Gonzo and Piggy bail out of the ride because they go through this thing and they're like, soon you'll have to take more and more drugs. Soon you'll have to take drugs just to feel normal. Right. And then, like, Piggy hits somebody. I think Piggy smacks Gonzo just because. Was Gonzo in this? Yes. Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember Gonzo now. So then, like, we're back in the field that they were in. Like, Michael wakes up back in that field. The the whole bit is they get out of his head because it's full of drugs, but he cannot. Right. So, like... The idea is he's conscious and knows, like, how messed up he is. And his body is on a skateboard? Yes. Just like, I have no control of my body. And yet no one calls the cops on the visibly high kid in the park. No. And then Huey, Dewey, and Louie show up and sing a song about how to say no. Oh, they just start the song. Everybody shows up to sing this song. There's a million wild and wonderful ways to say no. Better learn if you and take them wherever you go. No dice, no If your pal says that's the advice, here's a practical reply. Go ahead, let's fly, spit right in his eye and say no! Oh, that's right, it says, no, wait, Kermit and Garfield and Tigger. Okay, everybody's singing. Million wild and wonderful ways to say no. No way, no thanks! Oh my god, I just realized it sounds like another song. Because when you're going, there's a million wild and wonderful things to know. I was thinking of, totals up to 23! Because it sounds like another dead cow from Bat Boy. There's another dead cow and the rent is overdue. No thanks, no way. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does. So that's just, I was like, why does it sound familiar to me? It sounds like another show tune. Now, there's, this is something that I noticed. Yes. Everybody comes in to sing this song. Yes. You got the chipmunks, yep. which makes sense because they're a band. Michelangelo says some sings a lion. Yeah. Uh, Garfield gets a few tunes in. Then there's one moment where Bugs is about to sing and someone covers his mouth. And then I realized, ooh, the Looney Tunes have not interact interacted with anyone else. They had their own separate part that was also like better written than the rest of this. Yes. Was there anything about the Looney Tunes? This was the first time Mel Blanc had not voiced them. Really? Yes, this is one of the, like, this is like the first project Bugs had appeared in. Huh. Like, Mel Blanc had passed away shortly before this. 
Okay. He passed away in 1989. This aired in 1990. Interesting. So this was the first new Bugs Bunny project to air without his voice. Huh. So it might have been that they just didn't put him into the song. They might not have known they could use it. Like. Yeah. Because he's so separated out. Mm-hmm. I could 100% believe, like, the rights didn't clear until later. Okay. That makes sense. I found the lyrics to A Million Wild and Wonderful Ways to Say No. No thanks, no way! If it's catchy. Pa- if your pal says, let's get high, here's a practical reply. There, There's an amazing video on YouTube. If you want to li- look up this song, where it is the entire song, and every five seconds, it's done by a different animator. It's a very it's, strange one to watch. It's incredible. Now we go back to Michael's room. Yeah, and then he just wakes up in his room. Like, yeah. this was all a dream. And Corey's like, Pooh Bear wants to know why you don't talk to Mom and Dad. And he throws Pooh Bear in a cabinet. Yeah, you tell Pooh Bear, I'm doing drugs. <laughs> he says something like, you can tell Pooh Bear or something. Yeah. Like, which feels very authentically like what a big brother would say of like, my teddy bear says to give me your cookie. Well, tell your teddy bear. Yeah. I said. Hum, yum, yum, yum. That was a weed cookie. (laughs) Oh, there's no way this kid knows how to make a weed cookie. No, no. There's no baking going on. No. Like. Yeah, he throws poo in a cabinet and like he snaps. mm Mm-hmm. And he grabs Corey's arm. Yes. And Corey goes like, you're hurting me. Mm-hmm. And then he like, lets go in horror and she runs away. And mm-hmm. Mr. Drugs is like, no, that was totally fine. Yeah. Hit your sister, it's cool. It's like, no, these drugs are making me a bad person. So then he has another drug hallucination? Yes. With Alf this time. Oh yeah, Alf In the fun house. The- oh God. I hate everything about this sequence. This sequence is super creepy. Because... It's definitely, like, one of those little trauma moments for kids of the 90s. It's just, like, him, like... He gets bounced around and, like... He falls on, like, the strength machine and then he gets hit with a hammer and he goes up and he hits the bell and then he falls into, like, the dunk tank and all these things. To me, this is the padding scene. Yes. Like, this sequence could go on as long as they needed it to. Absolutely. And they're like, all right, we can cut an ad from here to make sure we hit 22 minutes. Yeah. Like, we're now 44. Like, this is an hour, right? I... An hour worth commercial? No. I'm pretty sure this was a 21-minute... I'm pr- I'm almost positive this I, was I a... might be thinking of Star Wars when it comes to the length. No, that was like a two-hour That was second. forever. Cartoon All-Stars for the Rescue, the version we watched was 32 minutes and 23 seconds, which means I believe it just aired in a half-hour time slot. Okay. Um, because this version, I believe, includes the Ronald McDonald bookends, because they do right. show that ad before and after. Right. And the credits, which are very long. Right. I don't think this aired with commercials. Yeah, that makes sense. I think when you're saying with the commercials, you're thinking about the ones that aired before and after the show. Right. But I think this ran like a half an hour because it was like a public service thing. And usually those don't have commercials. Right. So they're in the Hall of Mirrors and they're like, here's who you are today. Here's who you're going to be if you keep taking drugs. Yeah, it's not good. And it's like a creepy zombie version. One of those weird, creepy cartoon moments that was very prevalent in the late 80s, early 90s. The like weird nightmare fuel. Yeah. In an otherwise harmless cartoon. Yes. So, he demands to see the man in charge. He's like, I can quit whenever I want to. Take me to whoever's in charge. Guess what? It's drugs. It's Mr. Drugs. And this is the part I'm thinking of that has, like, the weird unfinished animation in it. Yeah, they showed the skull for, like, a long time here. But, like, I feel like they actually, like, something looks wrong with the animation. So there's a part that looks unfinished. Like, it looks like a weird block person, and then, like, he becomes smoke, and then the skull appears. Yeah, I kind of took that as, like, Ooh, who's the man in charge? Reveal its drugs! But it do- it is like a pop. Like, one moment it is a weird block person, and then 
he's fully animated. Yeah, it it looks like a mistake. Yeah, it definitely looks odd. So, then, like, we have this weird carnival sequence. When uh, Corey opens the box of drugs, Michael is trapped in a scary carnival. We didn't already talk about this? No, he goes in the funhouse, sees the man in charge, and then we have the whole carnival sequence. Okay. The, that was just the funhouse sequence. Oh, the, the carnival sequence was what I was talking about, about being filler. Yeah, where he's on, like, a bunch of rides, and it's this, like, Rube Goldbergian, cartoony, like, oh, he's in the bumper cars, oh, he's on the roller coaster, oh, yeah. he flies off the roller coaster. Yeah, this was easily something that they could just add or take away from to make sure it hit the time right. Yes. And then, like... It's intercut with Corey in Michael's room. Like, if I do what Michael does, he'll be my friend again. Yeah, she's going to do drugs. She's like six. Like, this is a rough suburb, guys. Yeah. I learned it from watching you, Michael. So then, like, he sees a fortune teller. And Michael, like, goes in to beg the fortune teller for his future. And it's Daffy Duck. It's Daffy Duck! In another scene where, like, the Looney Tunes are decidedly divorced from the rest of the cartoon. Yes, and decidedly funnier. Yeah, because he's looking at a bowling ball. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's not my crystal ball, that's a bowling ball. Like, there's actual jokes whenever the Looney Tunes are around. Yes. Like, like they had different writers. Yeah. And, like, when it's replaced with a crystal ball, it's like a zombie version of Michael shuddering alone on a bare mattress, like, strung out. Yeah. Like, super, super worst-case scenario. Like, super junky, homeless Michael. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this. And the cartoons are like, it's okay. Come on. We'll help you escape. And he escapes just in time to find his little sister holding his box of drugs. Yes. And he knocks it out of her hands and the ocarina falls out again. Yeah, we pause it again, trying to figure out what this item is. And I have no idea. So then, like, Mr. Drugs and Corey get into a fight over Michael... And Corey's like, my parents will help you, or our parents will help you, I'll help you. And then they just yeet Mr. Drugs into a dumpster. Yes. And he's like, I'll be back. And they're like, no, we'll be ready for you next time. And then Corey and Michael embrace and they go to tell Michael's parents he's on drugs. Yes, and that he needs help. And then there's another song. Yeah. This song freaked me out so bad. I'm, I'm so surprised to hear you say that. Because I'm going to be real. This song hit me. Yeah, this song actually, like, got me. Like, I, I, there's parts of the song that I was like, I don't know, hit home. What upset you about it? I don't know what it is. It just, like, I think because it played over credits. Okay. Credits freaked me out. Now, these were, like, do you know who wrote the songs for this? No. Alan Menken and Howard Ashman. Who were, like... Huge. Those are like, they did Disney movies, they did Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, wow. Yeah, Alan Menken is extremely famous. He wrote music for Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. He, like, he and Howard Ashman worked very closely together in this time period. And this is like one of the last things Howard Ashman would have done. Because he passed away shortly before the release of Aladdin. Wow. Interesting. Because... The, the the lyrics to the song were, were very interesting because, I don't know if you know this about me, I don't do drugs, kids. Right. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian and I don't do drugs, which means I'm the only one who doesn't do drugs. Which is pretty funny in a way. Like, in my entire life, like, I've only really done alcohol. Right. Like, I smoke a vape on occasion, but like, yes. I'll, I'll have some brewskis, but like, I've stayed away from everything else. And there's a line in the song that is. You'll even outgrow us one day. Forget that you know us, you made. That line hit me. I was yeah. just like, oh, wow. Because, like, now I'm an adult watching this. And, like, the relationship a kid has with cartoons is, like, a special one. Yeah. Like, because I remember as a little boy who went to Catholic school, they're like, you know, say your prayers and just anything you need to talk to God about. 
talk to God about. And every night I'd say, if you could make the Ninja Turtles real, and my friends, it would be great. So, like, it, I actually did have a moment where I was like, whoa, my childhood just told me that it's proud of me. Like, it, it, like, and I'm 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 bummed to hear that you didn't have that experience because you're afraid of credits. I do have this like weird fear of credits, but like looking at the lyrics and seeing like, you know, to me there was this thing of I never I was always like in nostalgia, even when I was like weirdly young. Like when I was nine, I was still looking at things from when I was like four or five. Yeah. Like, I always was fascinated with that well, time when period. when you're eight, things when you were four were forever ago. Right, but <laughs> I was, like, but the time period hasn't moved on that much. Like, I still find that time period fascinating, that, like, late 80s, early 90s. The, like, weird time period before you really remember stuff. Right. So, I think it's super interesting because this was, like, one of those things I very faintly remember. Mm-hmm. And... But I kind of never had that, like, forget... I never outgrew these things the same way. Like, if you look around our apartment, I didn't outgrow these things very well. No, they're all still around. Yeah, like, I have that, like, poster I bought at a Comic-Con of, like, a 1991 Marvel Comics Disney tie-in poster. Yeah. So, like, there was never a time these things weren't a part of my life. So maybe that's why it doesn't hit me the same way. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Disney just hanging around. A lot of DuckTales just hanging around in our apartment here. A lot of Disney Afternoon, because I see Gadget Hackwrench. But, like, the who says those lines? Because I feel like one of them was Gonzo. This is saying Archimedes and Mr. Owl, which is, this person is wrong. <laughs> the, aren't those the characters from the Dum Dum commercial? Uh, Archimedes is Merlin's owl. Yeah, it's Terry and Pooh that say those lines. And, you know, I was a very much a, a Pooh child. And they're both the same guy in yeah. this cartoon. It's oh. Jim Cummings voicing both actors. Is he also Sylvester? He might be. Okay, because I thought it was Sylvester, but then when you were like, it's Tigger, I was like, yeah, you're right. Uh, Sylvester didn't appear in this. Yeah, true. But, yeah, like, I don't know. That, that actually kind of got me. Where I was like, oh, I feel, I don't know, like I made good choices thanks to this. That's really cute. Thank you. Um, but Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck appear in this. We'll play a clip of this. Um, yeah. But the idea is your life begins the day you learn to say no. Interesting. So the day you learn to say no, your life starts. And that's kind of an interesting message of like the day you learn to stand up for yourself and what you believe in. Yeah, the, the, the day that you take care over yourself. Yeah, where you're like, you know what? I don't need to do this just because someone else is telling me, which little kids are very obedient. They'll be like, well, no, I'm going to do this because my teacher told me to. Yes, my friend said so. My older brother. Yeah. So that's, it's a really interesting message. I lost it because, like, the credits unnerve me. Uh, Why do credits bother you? I don't know. Okay. I thought you would have a reason. They just always have. Okay. I think maybe because it means something's over. And then, like, I'm betting when I was a kid at some point there was, like, something creepy or scary after credits one time. And then, like, it's just latently scarred me for life. Alright, okay. Yay! <laughs> but I mean, so, this is a really traumatic episode that yeah, we're talking apparently. about. Uh, anything else uh, trivia-wise you want to tell us about? Um, no, we actually organically covered almost everything I wanted to cover. This was rushed into production. Um, They animated this in six weeks when usually this would take three to four months to animate. And one of of the reasons that the special kind of like went away is that uh, Jim Davis, who created Garfield, had a very limited allowance on how much they could use Garfield. Okay. And how much they were allowed to air the special. Huh. Interesting. Because I will say this, everyone looks correct. Yes. Like, it's not, we're we're not living in a world where there are a hundred different cartoon styles yet. 
Right. Where it's like, you know, you're trying to put Timmy Turner next to, you know, Tommy Pickles. Right. But everyone looks correct. No one looks out of place. Maybe Alf a bit because Alf, to me, is not a cartoon. He's a puppet. Right, but he had been hand-drawn on a ton of merchandise. Yeah. Because back then they would use a hand-drawn version of a live-action. Yeah. Cart- uh, live-action movie or TV show. They would make a hand-drawn version and put that in, like, lunch boxes and stuff. Right. So it wasn't as weird for people to see. So, yeah, I, I thought... I was surprised at how good it looked. I don't have a lot of other trivia over it. Like, this kind of... It's pretty straightforward, and we kind of covered everything in it. All right, so then uh, we got to give it a verdict. What do you think? I really went into this ready to tear it down. Mm -hmm. Because as a kid, you're told drugs are bad and you don't do them. And that's all the information that you're given. Right. And you grow up and you learn more. But this one does do the thing that I feel like a lot of drug specials miss which is they make you feel good yeah drugs make you feel good where they don't deny that part because to me the whole gateway drug thing Mm -hmm. i feel like was invented because of specials this is just a gut feeling i've done no research but i really feel like there's this issue of out of all the drugs that you hear about and stuff marijuana is probably the most Available. Mm-hmm. Like, chances are, you, when you do your first illegal drug, it will be marijuana. Because people usually don't just have cocaine around. It's true. I feel like there was an issue created where they're like, drugs are bad, drugs are evil, drugs will ruin your life. Right. And then you smoke pot for the first time, and you're like, well, I'm fine. Right. All of that was a lie. So if it's a lie with marijuana... It's probably a lie for cocaine, and they're telling me cocaine's even better. Yeah, and like, they said that, like, that was one of the things that has really damaged Dare's reputation. Yeah? Is that people, especially now with more information available, marijuana is not the same as illegal drugs in effect, and younger people know this because of the internet, so it makes Dare feel less credible. Yeah. And it makes, like... People who are just out of dare age, which is like the most dangerous age because it's like young teenagers, like 14, 15, they kind of think dare is a pile of crap because. Yeah, I could see that. The one thing I I took dare twice because I changed schools. Right. And when I changed schools, like this is the dare year. I was like, oh, all right, more dare. I'm going back to Wildwood. The, The one thing I remember taking away was being told that 90 8% of the people in this classroom will try drugs. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense as a 6th grader. They're evil. But he was like, I'm talking about alcohol and uh, cigarettes as well. And like thinking back to who's in my 6th grade class, like everyone drinks. Yeah. A lot of cigarettes being smoked. A lot of marijuana being done. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was other stuff going on. Yeah. A bunch of hoodlums I went to Catholic school with. I mean, now with the opiate crisis, that, like, a lot of that stigma is changing. Yeah. I'm not saying the stigma is being removed in any way, but now, like, drug addiction is not, especially drug addiction to harder drugs, is not a an urban poor people problem. It's just those are the people who get arrested and go to jail. Very true. But that's another issue. Yeah. So I would say overall, this is 100% a stay tuned. I think this is probably the best special I've ever seen. Okay. In terms of like drug awareness. It's better than any like single episode of a show where someone does drugs for an episode and gets treatment by the end and we never talk about it again. It's something that I think holds up a bit. Like there's a lot of stuff in it that... Dates it really badly. Uh Uh-huh. But especially in a world that is post-Avengers and super team-ups. Yes. If you were like, yo, we're doing a cartoon. It's going to have SpongeBob in it. It's going to have Sanjay and Craig in it. 
it's going to have the Powerpuff Girls in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd watch that right now. And, like, there's a lot of... Amp- like, I'm trying to think of what it would be on now. Because I don't necessarily know that it would be on drugs the same way. But, like, I would think the two biggest crises that face kids would probably be social media usage. Yeah, which is something that, since it's a new problem, people don't know how to fix. Yeah, my my first thought is social media usage. My second thought is they could carry this on and kind of address the opiate crisis. Yeah, I think drugs would be a great way to do it. Like, like Drugs I, would be a great, great way, to way to do it. Yeah, do drugs. No, uh, I think it's a an anti-drug cartoon super team-up is still valuable today. Yeah, I could see, like, you know, you That's would get... Pikachu in it. Oh my god, yeah. Like, there's, as someone that really enjoys TV and you two and spend a lot of time on TV tropes. Yeah. Like, to see something that is clearly Disney share the screen with something that is clearly uh, Warner Brothers is a bit mind-boggling. Yeah, that's why they didn't use, because Mickey, Donald, and Goofy were originally supposed to appear in this. Right. But they didn't want to deal with the Mickey, Donald, and Goofy have to have the exact same amount of screen time issue right. that they dealt with in Roger Rabbit. Right. So they went with the uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie because it was easier. That makes sense. Because other than these two things, Roger Rabbit and this, I can't think of a big cartoon crossover. I can't think of one with this many. Because, and, like, it's, you'd think it's simple because it's just a matter of drawing, but drawn together. Because um, I can think of when they did, like, the uh, Jimmy Neutron, Timmy Turner crossover. Yeah, and those were events every time. Yes. They did it four times, and every time it was like, holy crap, it's happening. And it always looked weird. Yeah, because <laughs> the style, well, Jimmy Neutron was early computer animation, yeah. and... and- Timmy never looked good in CGI. No. That that whole cartoon didn't look great. Mm, It's not good. Jimmy Neutron never looked great. Um, mm, Talking about my hero. I didn't say it was a bad cartoon. It just always looked kind of weird. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's cartoon all-stars to the rescue. Well, my verdict was stay tuned. What was yours? Oh, I agreed it was stay tuned. I think you could create a version of this today. I think you could create a spiritual successor it's interesting to think of who those people might be and how some of these people would probably still be in it. Huey, Dewey, and Louie would probably be back. Yeah, they would look different. back again. And the turtles. Yeah, they would look very different. And, you know, Pooh Bear and Tigger are evergreen. Yeah. Garfield's still kind of around. The He's... chipmunks don't look like that anymore and are hated. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these have CGI films attached, like the Smurfs, the Chipmunks, and Garfield. But they're not particularly good films. They're not particularly... I I think you could actually do this with, like, the DreamWorks universe. Yeah, I mean, I think every... Now you'd have, like, Woody and Buzz. Every studio has a big enough canon at this point that they wouldn't need to do a crossover. Yeah. If they were just like, hey, it's Shrek and Kung Fu Panda... And uh, the the penguins from Madagascar. Like, you you have enough there that you can make the special. If you keep doing drugs, Toothless will eat you. Yeah, see? That, that, that's enough to be like, whoa, that's cool that those characters are together. What really excites me as someone looking back at this nostalgically is being like, you don't own that, but you're together. That's crazy. My thought is how interesting it is now, the idea of the simulcast. Yeah! Because, like... With no, like, a lot of kids don't know TV that well. Yeah, it's, everything's Netflix and on demand. Because everything's streaming, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think what the last, like, simulcast was. I, I want to say it was, like, post 9 11. Like, right after 9 11. Yeah, like, I kind of think it was the 9 11, or maybe Katrina? Was Hurricane Katrina's George Bush doesn't care about black people? Yes. A simulcast? I believe it was. Yeah, I believe it was. But yeah, like, that's, like, watch, appointment television's not a thing that really happens much anymore, unless you're talking about sports. Yeah, like, and a rare, rare show. Yes. Like. Game of Thrones just ended. 
Yeah, like, the Game of Thrones finale was last week. And that was appointment television in a way that, like, very few shows ever get to be. Yeah. So I guess that's going to do it for this one, huh? Yeah. So, uh, what are we watching next week? So next week we're getting into June and we are getting into Request Month. Yeah, Listener Request Month. And we're going to watch Months. the... We're going to watch the CW 2018 show, Life Sentence. Yes. It's about a young man who marries a young woman because she is about to die of cancer. And then she gets better. She gets better. I'm very interested in this show. Yeah, I'm really... I'm not sure what the... I know very little about the show. I know that it stars Lucy Hale. And I know that it was very short-lived. And I know the premise... I don't know anything tonally about the show. Yeah. I don't know if it's a comedy or a drama. I, I, I'm going to be honest. We the, the closest we came to looking at it is that, or watching it, was we looked on Netflix to make sure it was there. Yes. And when I pulled it up, I was shocked to see it was not shot like a sitcom. Because yeah. that's what it was up here. See, it's a CW show. And based on what I know about CW shows, by the third episode, there's going to be a cult and a gargoyle king. Yes. And that's my... One, making fun of Riverdale per episode. Where can people find us? You can find us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And where can people see us live? From June 14th through 16th, we will be at Wizard World of Philadelphia in Philadelphia. And from June 21st to 23rd, we will be at the Too Many Games Expo in Oaks, PA. And if you want to talk to me about how your childhood is actively proud of you, I'm at TV's Noah. If you can articulate why you were afraid of credits, I am at Priorities. Until next time, stay doomed.